Bless the Lord. My name is Apostle Dr. Antonio E. Wright, Senior Pastor and Founder of Kingdom Expectations. You are now preparing to listen to Kingdom Expectation Ministries podcast. We pray that you be blessed, encouraged, and enriched as you listen to the Word of God. On this journey of faith, faith for me is, is a lifestyle. Faith to me is it's kind of like it's kind of like exercising, uh, and I say this periodically. Have no clue on what my body's doing. I'm just letting my body do what it do. But I'm still doing my two shakes a day. I'm still eating my lean meals. I've changed my workout habits. So I still believe that health is wealth. Well, that's the same way I think about faith. So what I do is a lifestyle. It's not something you do in and out. It's something I continuously do because I want my heart to be functioning. Well, that's the same thing with faith. Faith is a lifestyle. You don't want God just to get stuff. You got to want God when you don't get stuff. You know, it's kind of like, again, I'm going to throw this and bring it out and, and leave it alone. I'm not trying to be funny. People pay their tithes so they can get blessed, and then when they get blessed, they don't pay them. Or they pay them haphazardly. That's something I still haven't been able to comprehend. Uh, uh, as soon as I get blessed, I'm blessed back. I'm, I'm still trying to comprehend how we pimp God like that, but that ain't what I want to talk about. Uh, but that's just, a, for me, that's life. All these things are life stages. So I want to talk about another life stage as far as dealing with kingdom faith. And that's what I want to talk tonight about, how you need to learn how to rehearse your faith. So if I have a thought, if I had a caption, and you know, I've only gotten to thoughts and captions since we've been on Facebook Live, because I, I normally don't give thoughts. I don't give uh, titles. I just share. And so even though tonight I've given you a title, I just really want to share about this thought of rehearsing your faith. And, and sometimes we say, well, you know, how do we rehearse our faith? Well, one of the ways we rehearse our faith, or the way we rehearse our faith, is taking time to think through how we will respond to God in the face of various worst-case scenarios. How we would respond to God in the face of various or worst-case scenarios. Kind of like, if your house burned down, how would you respond? If your spouse or one of your children died, how would you respond? Now, this is in my notes, but I think, I literally think like this every day. Every day I see God doing things, but I always think about what happens if. And you say, well, is that faith? Yes, that's faith, because you have to be able to serve God in or out. You have to understand how to serve God with or without. You have to serve God if you're blessed and if you're not blessed. So you have to understand, so re rehearsing your faith really works. Rehearsing our faith literally helps us evaluate, if you will, the various elements of our lives in comparison to our relationship with God and discover that in the end, nothing is more important than our faith. So it's kind of like, uh, let me use myself, for instance, um, in using this, this word called tithe. How do I act if I'm still paying my tithe and I don't see God doing nothing different. What, how does it feel like if I'm paying my, my tithe and my priest offering and I'm sowing into my priest and giving my tithes and sowing and giving my tithes and I still don't see God moving? Am I still going to give my tithe or am I not? Now you say, what does that have to do with faith? Well, it has a lot to do with faith because you got to first have faith in him to give. And you cannot tell me, I'll tell you the truth, there's going to be times you're going to pay your tithes and offerings and you don't see that happen. Matter of fact, you don't even see Jill happen. Matter of fact, you don't even see the hill, the jack and Jill went up. Nothing has happened. See, but now the thought is, are you going to still have faith enough to trust God in the midst? Amen. So in that particular juncture, you have to learn how to rehearse your faith. 
Let's look at Job again, as I said last week. Job survived what we would consider to be severe testing because he has spent considerable time rehearsing it. He really did. Most people don't think about that. In, in Job chapter 3, verses 25 through 26, Job 3, 25 through 26, Job says, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. So he had rehearsed it. He had thought about it because it says what he dreaded. Now, I know y'all have never been there. There's been times in my life, the thing that I feared the most is the thing that came against me. And I'm like, you know what? I thought about that. Now I understand how to represent that. Because if I had never thought about it, it might have sideswiped me. Let's look at this. There were so many disasters that befell Job, uh, and they, the disasters that befell him was actually the very things that he feared. And he feared what happened one day, one day, 90 minutes. We give it 90 minutes, as the scripture says, by the time one man told us something, here come another man. By the time they told him his, 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 uh, his children were killed, here come another man. Not only were your children killed, you lost all your animals. Here come another man. You lost this. Here come another man. In the midst of somebody telling him something happened. So <clears throat> if you think about that particular verse, it basically means that he had considered that possibility more than once. More than once. You say, well, Doc, how does that affect me? I'm going to let you know. He literally dreaded the thought of losing everything and going through that particular suffering. But he did acknowledge that it was possible even for those who feared God. The problem is when we start talking about faith and we start talking about the blessings, we get caught up on the blessing and not realize there's going to be a present. There's going to be a present because if there's no present, then you won't respect the blessing. You know, I was talking to somebody today in some situations they were having. I said, well, you have to understand, whenever the enemy comes in to attack, there's something behind that. And what happens is in church, we learn to listen or watch the attack and always complain. Yeah, you know, I had a rough week this week. Man, you know, they'll beat, 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 beat the heck out of me, man. I just got knocked out. But why? What you should have been looking for was what was behind the pressure. Because the Lord is not going to allow the enemy to attack you in no greater moment than what you have room for an escape. Uh -huh. Well, he actually is bragging on you, saying, okay, my son, my daughter is going to make it. But you don't look at the pressure, you look at the blessing behind that. Because the enemy's not going to attack you unless there's a door opening. You miss the door that's opening because you're looking at the attack. So if you start rehearsing certain things, when attacks come, they won't knock you out. The same thing happened with Job. When the disaster came, it brought turmoil into his life and it robbed him of his peace and his rest. But as I get into my notes, you see, he never gave up on God. See, that's the key right there. He never gave up on God. Why? It didn't rob him of his faith. Now, it doesn't mean that you won't be sad sometimes, but it didn't take away his faith. Because faith is the key. Why is that? Because in rehearsing his faith and considering his worst-case scenarios, Job realized that in good or in bad, in disaster or in blessings, in plenty or in want, God was still God and worthy to worship. Amen. See, sometimes we don't worship God in bad. We just worship God when it's good. Sometimes we just worship God when we get stuck. Excuse me. Sometimes we worship God when we need something. You know, but sometimes we don't even think about God till we need something. Well, you know, maybe I need to tell him thank you. Maybe I need to give him an offer. Now I'm about to lose my job. I need to do something. I need to talk to Jesus. I ain't talking to Red no more. Red will tell me about myself. So maybe I talk to God. And God, please don't tell Red that I'm talking to you. <laughs> See, like every time God, I try to talk to me in private. Rev always come prophesying to me. God, can you keep this between me and you? You know what I'm saying? 
is funny, but it's so true. So if, if we look at it, because he rehearsed it, he was ready because he didn't lose his faith. Job literally concluded that nothing could happen in his life that would warrant an abandonment of his faith. I've seen in, in, my, in my 33, 34 years of, of pastoring, of, of, of ministry, 33 of pastoring, I've seen people literally leave God because they didn't get what they thought they should have. I've watched people leave the church because they didn't get what they thought they should have had. And, and the, the, the issue when I watched all that happen, it wasn't that God said no, he just said not now. Sometimes it's not no, it's not not. I watch people think that they should have been standing where I'm standing, and they had the gift, but it wasn't the calling. And sometimes you got to understand, God will give you the gift, but not the calling. So your gift or your calling might not be here, but your gift might be here, teaching here. Your gift could be on your job, ministering to people on your job. That's your gift and your calling. And because you see things happening there, your head get popped up and you want to stand back here. No, still your job, Phil, I'm trying to tell you. It's a whole other mindset once you get back here. It's a whole other subject. So let me go into this. So my question is, or my thought for you, as we're talking about rehearsing your faith, how often have you feared the worst? My question is, and I'm not, I shouldn't ask that question like that because we was talking earlier. We must have to start a whole other conversation. So my, my question is, but you can ponder it in your mind. My question is, how much thought have you given to how you would respond to the arrival of tragedy in your life? Think about it. Believers who have been taught, and I don't teach that here, of course, we know that. Some believers have been taught to expect only good, prosperity, and blessing in their lives with God. Then they become devastated when something bad happens. I see that. I mean, look, trust, man, there's things that I got that I'm watching blow up. I mean, I literally see it blowing up. But now what happens if it blow down? You know, I'm talking about investment market now. What happens if it go down? But right now that market cooking with gas. I'm like, put the damn put the thing. Yes, sir. I ain't gonna say that. I'm gonna be smiling, smiling. I'm smiling now. But what happens if it drop? Am I still gonna trust God? Am I still gonna believe God? Am I still going to focus on God? Because I have to think both ways, especially in investing. You have to be like, well, I want this, but you know, what if? So people come out of the market. I'm going to just say the market because that's what I do. People say, well, I want to put my money here. I want to put my money there. I want to put my money where it's safe. Well, you ain't going to make no money where it's safe. And I want to do this, do this. And then all of a sudden it drops. Well, I, this, I shouldn't have trusted. Did God change? Did investments change? I mean, thinking of investments, I've let my stock drop to $1.55. And still bought more of it. And then I want to jump to twelve dollars. I said, take it anyway. So you gotta you gotta be mindful of that. You have to be mindful of that. So sometimes our faith, or their particular faith, people who believe like that, that it's just blessing, 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 is shattered because they're unprepared for trials and hardships. They have a lopsided faith. And see, that's why I try to teach both angles. You can't, you have faith enough to go over, and you have to have faith enough to when you under. I think it was Paul that made this statement, I've been abound and I've been abased. Uh -huh. Meaning I've had and I haven't had. But whichever state I'm in, I'm content. Amen. I'm still content. It's kind of like the, the test. So you're sitting at home not realizing how you're going to make point A and point B, and here come the box man. Here. Well, God, you just hit me right at the nick of time. Well, see, that happens because God already knows. He knows and you were content. Because he was content, he said, okay, I'm going to drop this on you. you got to understand that. So if we look at this, 
If we ponder the possibility of severe trials and setbacks, we're doing that, or when we ponder that, it's neither negative nor unhealthy unless it progresses to a paralyzing or an obsessive fear. Well, if you start fearing lack, if you start fearing loss, then you have an issue. But if you rehearse lack, if you rehearse it, uh, then it's not an issue. Preparing ahead for trouble is literally a sign of maturity. If you think about it, uh, you know, again, uh, in my youth, my young, I gotta say youth now. You know, that's scary. No, bro, that's really scary. So in my youth, People used to always say, well, there's no need in putting up for tomorrow because the day ain't promised. And they lived to be 85, broke as a joke. Because they didn't put up for tomorrow because it's not promised. So I tell you, put up, if you don't, not for you, put, for, put up for your children. Put up for your children's children. Put up because I don't know why you think you're going to leave tomorrow. Now, the thing is, we don't know when we leave it. But at least be prepared to leave. Don't let the family have to go and, and go and do a GoFundMe. Now that's now, because you know back in our day, they have no GoFundMe. You know, most of them sell, uh, sell uh, uh, bed sets and washing dryers just to bury you. Some people still send in the day because they had no money. They ain't going to bury no money. They want their money just like everybody else. But anyway, so preparing ahead for trouble is literally what we would consider to be a sign of maturity. In Proverbs 22, verse 3. Uh, and this is what it says in Proverbs 22 and 3, 4, a, a wise or a prudent man, if you will. It says, a prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. So preparing for trouble today will help us mitigate its effects tomorrow. Rehearsing your faith. Think about it. Rehearsing your faith means checking to make sure that your faith is in God rather than in the things he's given you just in case the things are shaken. You know, people tell me they, they got a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar a year job, and they're all excited about their job. What if they lose the job? Especially if you don't lost the job and you ain't, you know, both of us say storm and timber. You don't lost your job and you ain't got no prayers, you ain't got no ties, you ain't got nothing to run back on. See, because trust me, I've been if you got some prayers and some ties, you got some stuff to run back on. But see, if you don't, you just trusting in your job. What happens if you lose your job? Now, we've been blessed, we've been fortunate. That's not happening in our church. But I know some people that have lost their jobs and they panic. And then they thought, so where's your, what was your faith in this job? Or was your faith, should your faith have been in the God who created the job? Because if your faith is in the creation, then you miss a relationship with the creator. And so when we're talking about rehearsing your faith or, or pondering your faith, we're talking about putting your faith where it's supposed to be and your faith is supposed to be in the creator not in the creation. So the thought would be then, do you believe in God only because he's blessed you? Or do you define blessings only as the goodies or the promotions or the advancements or the prosperity? Or does it also include the furnaces and the lions then? Because see, every now and then to, be, to have your faith proven, now we've preached this before, in order to have your faith proven, sometimes you got to go in the lions then. Yeah, sometimes it gets hot in, in that fire refers to have Shadrach, Meshach, and the bad Negro. Sometimes it gets kind of kind of tempted. Sometimes life gets tempted. It gets sometimes you just want to, you know how y'all do, give people a piece of your mind. I keep telling y'all, y'all about to lose it because it ain't but this much. And sometimes you just want to say three things, and it might not be leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? So you have to think is if I do that, is that gonna glorify God? If I do that, is that helping any of my measure of faith? If I do that, because isn't it somewhere where the Bible says, let the Lord fight your battle? Amen. 
So do I really want God to fight my? Because I don't think He get hit them hard enough. I really don't think. Y'all ever been ever been like that? It's just me. I throw my hand up. Don't worry, they can't see y'all. Because there's been some times I'm like, no, Lord, that, I don't. I think they should have got a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. But then I had to think, what if I do something wrong? I can't take them. No I just, they just keep it going. So, so, so let's look at this. If we look at uh, 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 Abraham, God promised Abraham that he would give him a child. He would give him a son, right? But he says, I will bless you with a son. But now if you look at that, it took Abraham 25 years to get that son. It took him 25 years and he was 75 years old. Let's think about this. God's definition of blessing most often is not the same as ours. Just as his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. You can find that in Isaiah 55 and 8. Abraham's blessing was not only his son Isaac, but it was 25 years of believing God for the promise. 25 years of faith growing and maturity and death. Now, my testimony, remember, after 30 years of passing this church, what did God say? You're now ready to shepherd. Huh? Right, you're ready now. And change the name of the church too, by the way. Huh? We're not church redeemed no more. That was the baby. Yeah, that's it. That was the baby. Now put the baby out. It's time to mature. Now you're kingdom expectations. So at 60, you have just now started pastoring. So that means for the past 32 years, I've been in a process of being prepared to teach the kingdom. Amen. And he has just now bringing the past things he showed me that he bring the past, 1984. Don't y'all say that. I don't know some of y'all went for it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Those are the things. So what am I saying? If you rehearse your faith, you'll understand that sometimes God's blessings take time. As we see with Abraham, it took 25 years. If Isaac had been born nine months after the promise, we would have nothing to learn from Abraham. In other words, if Isaac had been born, we wouldn't have known Abraham as a man of faith. Because that's what we know him as. What made Abraham the father of faith? What made him the father of faith was 25 years of patient waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled. That's what made him. So would we have known his kind of faith? What is the first thing my wife said? Mom always says this. May the blessings of Abraham overtake you. Abraham was blessed outside of his socks. They didn't wear socks back then, did they? But they were showing up outside. They hadn't even created them yet. But he was blessed. You know, Abraham was blessed crazily. Why? Because he waited on God. And we have to learn to wait on God. That's why he was called the father of faith. Think about it now. If you look at it, Following, or let me look at the whole package. If we look at the whole package, following this, uh, not only was it a 25-year wait, followed by a nine-month pregnancy, culminating the birth of a miracle baby, and through it all, Abraham grew into a man that had his faith that was unshakable. So now he didn't just do 25, he still had nine months. He still had to wait on the promise. So my thought is, how close am I to getting out of here? Good, I'm almost. My thought is the fact that whatever you're going through, I know we all go through something. I know y'all are holding, I'm sorry. But we all go through. You know, here's, can I be honest? I go through stuff every day. The thing is, how do I process what I'm going through? You know, I think I did that in one of my ditties this week. How do you process it? Because we all are hit with something every day. The catch is, how do we process what we're going through? How do we process what we're hit with? How do we think? How do we focus? How do we rehearse? Because every day is not sunshine. I make it sunshine. So every day I get up, it's like, boy, you tired. No, I'm not tired. I feel good. We're going to be all right. You're frustrated. I am not frustrated. I'm doing a good thing. 
Think about it. Now, when you get up like that, you rehearse that. You know things going to happen. But when you get up and reverse that by saying, you know what? The day's going to be a good day. I'm going to have blessed the day. That little thing in your subconscious said, give them a good day. And every obstacle that looks like it's going to be bad, all of a sudden it turns around. But now if you get up and you haven't rehearsed that thing, and you get up and say, man, I'm having a terrible day. And that little thing in your brain said, give them a terrible day. <laughs> and hot dog my cat. Everything that you want can happen. Because you set it in motion. You didn't rehearse, you didn't think about it. So I have to think when I get up, and I'm up, and the alarm clock go off at 5, and I'm like, so I got this list of people that I hear told me to pray for. So outside of the church members, I got all these. And I had to think about that. I said, God, why am I praying for them? They don't really like me. He said, well, what if they praying for you? I said, Dad, I guess you just cut me up there, didn't you? <laughs> and then I feel bad because sometimes I'm late, and I'm trying to hit the gym, or I'm trying to walk early, and I get up, and I brush, I do brush my teeth, and wash my face, and I start getting dressed, and I said, okay, I got time. So I do that little quick prayer. I'll follow the charge of heaven. I don't be that name, that kingdom come. That will be done. You know, that's that quick one. That's the set one. That's what he said to pray, wasn't it? So we ain't got to get all along in the church. We just hit Forgive me my sins if I forgive those who sinned against me. You know, let's, let's look it up. Leave me not. Please don't lead a brother into temptation. You know, but I do that, and then I'm gone, and then I hear that little bird say, but you didn't pray for everybody. Ooh. I prayed for the members of Kingdom Expectations. He said, but that ain't what I told you. Ooh. So I stopped in the middle of the kitchen. <laughs> Have to rehearse that thing, right? Now, what, what am I saying? Well, I might not feel like it, but I understand it's something I have to do because he mandated it. And I've rehearsed it. What would happen if I don't? Let me go and start get out of here. So whatever you're going through, you have to understand that it's going to benefit other people who are observing you. People watch you. People watch you. People watch him. People watch her. People watch her. People watch her. People watch him. People watch him behind the camera. People watch me. You'll be surprised, man. You'll be surprised. Sometimes my neighbors startle me because I said, well, you saw that? How you? I'm like checking myself now. I can't do nothing. I can't, I can't even spit on the grass. But you got to understand, people are watching. You don't think people pay you any attention. They pay, and you don't have to tell them about God, because some of y'all are wrong, y'all don't want to tell them about God. You ain't got to tell them about God. Your life portrays God. I'm going to say this and, and get on out and keep going. So i never forget when I was in the military. Everybody knows a preacher, but I didn't talk to none of my soldiers about God. Nope. Didn't do it. I didn't do it because I wasn't led to. The funny thing is, several of them, once they left over to Germany, they'd all write back to their friends and say, yo, tell brother right thank you. And I'm like, thank me for what? <clears throat> well, because of the life you live, I gave my life to the Lord before I got to Germany. Because you did this, me and my wife are now better, better acquainted with one another. Because you did this, I figured serving God was the best thing in my life. I never witnessed to him. I never talked to him. I never went out with him like I do some of y'all. We didn't walk together. We didn't do jack. You know what I'm saying? It's tool, 10 inch hut, front rear, count off. All press counted for, woo, let's go. Work time. That was it. We heard you preach it. Yeah, and? What did I do to practice in child? Right now, I need you to mop that flow. No, that's, that's the way it was. But they said, my life, the observance. So you have to understand that things that you're going through, people are observing you, so it's benefiting you. Here's what you got to do. You have to stand firm through your time of testing, and what they'll say is, you know, and this is me talking third party. They'll say, you know, I've been watching you from a distance, and I can't believe how steady you've been through all this. You know, I watch, I watch you go through some things, but I noticed you didn't. What? I'd have cussed them out myself. 
and I, I, you just stood there firm and just laughed and knew they would stab you in the back. I watched this happen. That's what they said. Look, they said, look, I know you've been going through your job. I know what they've been doing to you. I, basically, I said to myself, this is me talking to the third party. I said to myself, uh, let's see how God works now. See, people watch you. I always tell me that on social media. They watch you put on social media. You talk about God one day. You don't talk about God the next day. You talk about God. People watch you because they know. Let me tell you, can I tell you something about the streets? The streets know how you should act if you serve God. Trust that. Trust that. When I first met my wife, I was in the streets. I knew exactly how I needed that. I wasn't going to disrespect her. I wasn't going to try to have sex with her. That's just something I just wasn't going to do. No, because I respect you. And I know how I should act with a woman of integrity. I'm not going to, I'm not going to violate. I'm not going to challenge you, because it's, 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 it's the slogan of the street. The street knows. The street will test you. Trust that they already know. The street knows if you say you're serving God, they know just what to do to tempt you. You know, whether it's some blow or some snow, any way it go. No, y'all know blow is don't worry about. It's, it's cocaine. They try. They'll test you. The streets will test you and see if your conviction and if your commitment to the things of God are right. Not realizing their salvation is weighing on your commitment and your communication with God. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? So I, I watch people observe me and say, you know, I don't know how you did that. So serving God must be true. And see, that's what happened to me. I'm just, what kept me out of the church was People wasn't staying real. They serve God one day, they go to the club the next day, they go to the concert the next day. But not they just rebuked me. They rebuked me and said I wasn't living right. But now they do the same thing. So that, that 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 kept me out. I say that because you have to rehearse your faith. You say, what is that? You have to understand there's temptation coming to all of us. I don't know, it don't come to y'all, it ain't coming to me, so y'all good. It's gonna come, but you have to rehearse that, that thought. You have to rehearse that. That, that, that situation, you have to rehearse that because people are looking at you, they're observing you, and they say, look, I can't even believe that you were steady under all that pressure. I can't believe it. But you show me that faith in God works. And then they say, teach me that thing. Teach me how to stay. I go to the gym, people are like, well, God, I don't even know how you do it. Do what? You do this, you do that, you're over here, you're over there. Yeah. Well, how you do it, man? You can know. No, I'm not. The devil is alive. I'm 27. Huh? He's gonna keep trying to feel that way. Why? Because you know, I got I got things to do. Why? Because my faith demands that. And I know you observe me. So if you look at that, that's what becomes your witness. So the thought is of my question. I need I need to let y'all go home. The thought is of my question to rehearse your faith. <laughs> Presently is your life in any kind of turmoil. Just a thought. Do you allow trials and tribulations to rob you of your peace and quiet? If you do, you have to understand that God hasn't abandoned you, nor, he's, nor has he abandoned your vision. He may simply be shaking your life to see where your faith is, more importantly, so that you can see where your faith is. Sometimes God shakes up just to see if you made up and ready to do what he gave up for you. Don't ask me to say that again. Because it's true. There's times that I get things shaken up just to see if I'm going to still stay true to the process of God. And we all get tired. I know y'all don't, because y'all put your hand up. We all get tired. Sometimes you get tired, and it's like, 
Is it really worth it? And then it's like, yep, sure is. Sure is. Why? Because not only am I doing it so my father can be glorified, but I got to also do it because I got people observing me. And I don't want to make them stumble. I need to let them see that it's worth, it's worth the wait. It's worth the turmoil. It's worth the trial. So the thought is, can you have faith in the absence of peace? Can you remain stable when everything around you is shaken? The fact of the matter is you can, but only by examining or rehearsing your faith to make sure it's anchored in the right place. And it can't be anchored in things. It has to be anchored in God. Because we all go through stuff every day. Kingdom faith is what I call, what I consider, unconditional faith. In other words, faith in God and kingdom faith doesn't depend on what happens or it doesn't depend on what doesn't happen. It doesn't rise or fall on the basis of blessings or the lack of blessings. Kingdom faith does not say, God, I love you if you do this for me, or Lord, I'll serve you if you do that for me. Nah, 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 nah. Kingdom faith says, Lord, I will love you and serve you no matter what. That's what Job said in Job chapter 13, five more minutes. Job chapter 13, verses 15 through 16, it says, uh, 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 Though he slay me, this is Job, yet will I trust him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance. So here we have Job who's lost everything that he had. Not only did he lose everything he had, now he has sores and balls. He had sores so thick on his skin he could take a spoon and scrape it off. That's what I said too. That's good. <laughs> That's nasty. But he still says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. So he still said, now here's, here's what you got to look at here was Job, who was doing sacrifices, giving offerings for his family and his children and prayers every day. Every day he's doing a sacrifice at the altar. Every day he's giving. Every day he's praying for his children. And then one day, it's all gone. Not only has he lost his family, his wife would upgrade herself and say, Dude, dude, look, you need to curse. Man, please. That child, man, I ain't got nothing to do with God. That's you and your God. You need to curse God and God. Curse God and die. And Job said, A woman, you sound foolish. That's kingdom faith. And then all of a sudden, he got all these sores on his skin, and these so called friends do what you do wrong. You know, God cussing you. Y'all ain't got no friends like that. I know that's bad. You know, we all got one or two of the friends like that. Soon as something happened, mm -hmm, told you God wasn't going to do it. Mm -hmm, choke, mm -hmm, I told you soon. Y'all ain't, ain't got nothing? Y'all ain't got nothing like that? I got a couple of them like that. I have a couple of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, you apostle, right? Mm -hmm. Why you going through that? Well, did you read what the apostle went through? I'm doing pretty good compared to what they What you say? What they went through. I'm, I'm doing real good compared to what they I ain't got a hug yet. I'm, I'm all right. I'm hanging. I'm hanging. You got people like that. Job said, yo, Jack, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I'll defend my ways to his face. And then he says, what did I say about how you think in the morning? Then he says, this indeed will turn out for my deliverance. So in the midst of all that, Job said, yo, check, I'm good. This is going to come out for my deliverance. So even in the midst of his troubles, Job's faith gave him hope, coming out triumphant on the other side. He also understood that faith was his only hope. That's why he said, I trust in the Lord. What, what else my, even if he kills what else? Mom, dad, apostle, prophetess, church. Red, what are you going to do? What, what, what else am I going to do? I ain't got nothing else to do. What, what, what am I, who am I going to turn to? You know, why don't you quit? You've been doing this 30 some years, man. Wait, wait, you, ain't, you ain't touching nothing. Oh, yeah, bro, we everywhere. You just don't see it. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm saying? We, know, we still hanging in. Why? Because he promised me. Here's the ignorance. He promised me a worldwide ministry. That's what he promised me. And he gave me podcasts, Spotify, TikTok, Facebook Live, <laughs> text messages. Huh? I can't look at I'm worldwide. That's what he promised me, right? He didn't tell me how he was going to do it. He just said after 30 years, you done did it. Now, what would have happened if I'd have gave up? Who would have heard this? Where would you have been? If I'd have said after 20 years, I'm tired. I'm going to go back to the government. Make me some money. Y'all can have this church today. Religion ain't for a brother. Obviously. What would have happened? What would have happened if I just said stop? What would happen if you if you if you came from Delaware and wasn't no knock on the door? You didn't have a door knock on. What would happen if, if you had a, had a had a red sign for a church and the church wasn't dead? You wouldn't have been here. What if there was no meat? That's you just been her life. <laughs> I'm just saying. What would have happened if I said I'm tired, I'm gonna give up, I have no more hope? When all hell came against me. What would have happened if I said I quit? I had to rehearse my faith. I had to sit back, dig, and think. Say, look, who's observing? Is God being glorified in me? What is my mandate? Is his promises true? So when we look at this, Job's steadfast faith paid off. He endured the test in the end, and God blessed him twice as much as he had. See, that's what I'm looking at. Because then the Bible says this. If any man, man means male or female, has lost... In this time, in serving me, houses, land, homes, family, if he's lost any of that, the Bible says, God says, in this, in their lifetime, I will give them back. I will give them back everything they lost. So everything that the enemy took from me, the Bible says, if you catch a thief that's stealing for, 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 for pleasure, he had to give back to you sevenfold. So remember, did anybody get that text I sent them? Yes, everybody got it. Is everybody still saying that? Amen. He has to give me back sevenfold. Everything he told. Sevenfold is a lot of folding. I mean, that's you know, that's some folding. That dollar bill be tripling, though, don't it? He has to give me back sevenfold of everything he's taken. Why? Because I've rehearsed my faith and I believe my God's promise. And God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. It's just as simple as that. Three minutes, please. Uh, <laughs> so, here we go. And here we see another principle of kingdom faith. Kingdom faith, ah, I should have titled the message this. Kingdom faith will always be rewarded. Your faith will always be rewarded. Your faith will always be Some of y'all get rewards now, but that ain't it. That's the tip of the iceberg. Remember the iceberg, you see the top, you don't see the bottom. Kingdom faith means regardless of what you go through, if you rehearsed it and you stay standing, God will reward you. You know what I like about God rewards? You can't lose. That's better than a Bitcoin. Got some of them. That's better than a 401k. Can't stand them. That's better than an annuity. Can't stand them. That's better than starting to pay a dividend. Got plenty of them. That's better than your government job. Because you see, God is the government. It's the government. He created the government. God is kingdom. And here's what I love about kingdom. I need to stop. Here's what I love about kingdom. I'm supposed to be teaching on the Filipino 
Hill Station with Coach Ariel and Presley on the King and His Kingdom. If I'm a part of the King's Kingdom, the King has to make sure that I'm taken care of because if not, it'll look like he's a poor king. And God is not a poor God because he owns everything. He created everything. So from that perspective, if I do what my king tells me to do, if, if, if I show him a reflection of him in me, then he's going to look at me as a good servant, good subject. And what is he going to do? He's going to keep? Why? Because in kingdom faith, you're always getting rewarded. Even when you don't think you deserve a reward, he'll give you a reward. Now, it might take a while. It took Abraham 25. But it will come. And the reward may not be material in nature. And God may not bless you with great wealth or material prosperity. But if you keep the faith and run the race, and if you fight the good fight, the Lord will establish your steps. Matter of fact, not only will he establish your steps, but he'll guard your way and he'll guard your path. He'll lead you into a place of grace, power, meaning, and purpose, and a life that's filled with potential. That's all I want. You know, I don't need to be great. I just want my life to be filled with potential. I just want to build up, edify, strengthen, project people into their destiny. So let's look as I close. By faith, kingdom faith, as you rehearse your faith, you'll realize fully your destiny as a child of God. And you'll realize fully your position and your potential as a citizen of his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Rehearsing your faith. Bless the Lord. We pray that this broadcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe to Kingdom Expectations Podcast. And also, like us on our social media Facebook page at Kingdom Expectations. As always, stay blessed and be safe. God bless you.